John. Welcome to the Unity Center for Positive Living. I am really glad you could come and join us this morning. It's been a rough morning for me. So it's really, really nice to see each and every one of you here to help uplift me because I've been a bit down. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, for coming in this morning. Now it's time for the daily word. For Sunday, May 21st, protection. As I practice the presence of God, I feel secure. There is only one power and one presence in the universe and in my life. God, omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresent is not only all around me, God is within me. As I take this truth into my heart, I feel calm and secure. The circumstances of the world have no lasting power over me. God is greater and more enduring than anything I may be called to face. I have within me the power to feel God's protecting presence at any time. As I pray, I affirm the strength and power of God or mine to call upon. I can use these divine powers to move beyond that which may scare or intimidate me. In renewed faith and deep security, I move bravely forward. And from the Christian Bible, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That's 1 John 4 4. And now it's time for Surely Presence. Please join us while Merker family leads us in Surely the Presence. And you know, I'm often reminded of when Susan Plutus used to be here and she would be service leader and she would say, you know, the first time sing this song with her eyes, close your eyes and sing this song to yourself. I always thought that was kind of a wonderful thing. So please take it away, Michael.
It is so good to see you, Fred. Same here. Hi. You are something I can always count on. <laughs> I appreciate that. And what's the other person's name here that's having their breakfast? I don't know that person. Okay. Hello. Hello. Susan, are you there? How come Susan's not talking to us? Susan is probably in the congregation. She turns that on to record. Oh, okay. There, oh, she, yeah, is. there she is. I see her. She's <laughs> like magic. <laughs> How are you, Fred? Are you well? I very well. Very oh, well. Feel all the great. You're looking good. <clears throat> Not too bad for almost 91. Oh. Keep on trucking, man. It's working for you. In July, end of July, 91. And I feel really great. I would have never guessed. You are awesome. You are my example. <laughs> I he is staying active. You know, I still stay active. I still work. I mean, it's occasionally, you know, but really... I think that's the whole secret. You keep mm -hmm. physical and mental healthy. Mm -hmm. You yep. still have your fingers in the aeronautical engineering, don't you? <clears throat> yep. We're developing a liquid hydrogen powered aircraft to fly up and down the West Coast with passengers. Wow. There you go, Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> no, no pollution, no noise. I mean, it's absolutely great. Okay, I'm going to mute myself again. Hey, Penny, Penny yeah. I have a question. I sent Tom a handout, Buried Dreams, and I was wondering if he if he printed them up and handed them out at the at the at your center. I can text him. Being staying home today, I don't have access to that. So let me text him and ask. Oh, thank you. Know she's texting. She's texting you, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> I think she's texting Penny. It's time for announcements. Ouch. Joanne is, is sending out a weekly email with notices and details for regular events on the week to occur. For grandfather's Indian Christian service, medicine wheel teaching, Chinook language discussions, and for Dr. Daria's circle book and film club discussions, which um, will happen on the fourth Sunday, next Sunday. We'll be watching the next two episodes. I believe it's five and six in the uh, 1619 project. Um, pretty remarkable stuff. If you want to watch it, it's on Hulu. Please join us. Anyone else have any announcements? Yes, Joanne. Uh, tell Penny to put on the opening slide. Penny, Joanne would like you to put on the opening slide, please. 
So as we, most of us know, and Cindy may just found out, Hilti um, made her transition December 30th, and her wish was always to have her ashes red and the redwood. So um, Thursday, Amy and I drove down, met uh, the guy in the middle is Kurt, her son, and that's his wife, Laura, next to her. Behind them is Eric, the other son, and then Kevin is their mm, brother's son, adopted, adopted son. Yeah. He's just a good friend of the family. And so we, those are not coffee cups in our hands. <laughs> they are coffee cups, they're not coffee. Um, they divide the ashes up because it's illegal to spread ashes in the redwood. Uh, and so we all went around and put them wherever we wanted them. We had lots of good times. So I bought some home to put on the rows that Hilde gave us out front there. That after service. So basically, you've been to a crime on the camera. I know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Compromise. I will go back and pick them all up if you want me to. Wonderful. And will we be having any kind of a ceremony for Hildy? Hildy's one of the founders of our church here. We're just going to go out after we all eat, or maybe before we eat. So, so we have no no planned ceremony no. there. Okay, all right. Any, any other announcements? Anybody on Zoom? Um, I have two. Yes, Susan. Um, I just like to express gratitude to you two. Uh, I remember years ago, Hildy told me she was going to be in the Redwoods. In the Redwoods, yes, oh. forever and ever. So, yay, it happened, and thank you so much. Yeah. So, we're looking for a reader for the third Sunday in June. I don't know the date, but you can check your calendar and let me know. Okay, thank you. Now it's time for a unity statement. Any moment to get that up. Oh, there is a flyer up here for Keepers of the Faith on Sunday, June 4th. It says uh, at the Baptist Church on Belmont Avenue in Centralia. There's there's no charge. And, and these folks uh, put on a, a music that's a little bit different and um, wonderfully fun, uplifting gospel music. So if you're interested, we'll probably keep reminding everyone the next couple of Sundays. Okay, let's say our, our unity statement together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. Now it's time for our song of joy. Please feel to free to stand on up if you like while the workers lead us in when I pray. Yeah. 
Thank you, Michael. Very good, Isaac. And now it's time for a reading. This morning, a reading will be shared by Jerry. Lion up. Uh, today, I've chosen a reading from uh, Myrtle Fillmore. As we all know, that uh, Myrtle was one of our co-founders of the Unity Church, along with her husband and others. Um, Seldom you don't hear many quotes from Myrtle, so this will be something a little different. And the, the name of the book is How to Let God Help You by Myrtle Fillmore. And I've shown the chapter called Creature of Habit. The body is a creature of habit. Without the positive, purposefully, daily effort of the mind, it becomes, after a time, difficult to break the habits into which it has plunged. In the mind, there is some negative idea concerning life which has resulted in the soul's giving up and allowing the body to slump and refuse to do the things for which it has been formed and sustained. The body becomes lazy and does not want even to move about. But once the mind takes up a definite program and stirs up interest in things worthwhile, here and now, the body will begin to wake up and to draw the abundance life of spirit down into the various nerve centers, bones, muscles, and organs. New energy will flow through the organism and the soul will eagerly use it in setting up about the work of releasing energy into the flesh to accomplish the necessary work of healing. Years of negative thinking and inactivity may cause the body to lose its ability to get up and walk about and do many of the things for which it is created. The individual has to train the body persistently to do what he wishes. Use of the organs, muscles, and members will restore them to normal. The very fact that individuals have stayed alive through years of lying in bed is proof that a certain amount of the life and substance of God has received and appropriated by the body. But when the body sets up fixed, negative, limited habits, it just stays in bed and fails to use the perfect Christ pattern for its renewal and action. The tr glorious truth of being transforms mind and body. There are those who are transformed will rise, take up their beds and walk, but they will begin to glorify in God, doing the things that will pleasing in, in his sight. They will know that life is eternal and inexhaustible. Through the, the right use of God-given power, a person may take his life the very thing he most wants. Make his life the very thing he most wants. In other words, uh, don't be thinking negatively. This is the moral of the story, I believe. Thank you, Jerry. Okay. Now it's time for a meditation song. Feel free to stay seated while the Merker family leads us in Adi Shakti. Thank you. 
Such a beautiful song, such amazing harmony. Thank you, Isaac, Karen, and Michael. How about a round of applause for these folks? Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you here. And now it's time for our affirmations. Please join us in our affirmations. We'll say them together. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experienced. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and the perfect way. This time for the Lord's Prayer, since this is the third Sunday of the month, we'll be praying the traditional Lord's Prayer today, followed by the Hallelujah. And let's all say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from error. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. friend Vernon recently made his transition. I'll always remember that that's when I usually heard him sing out the loudest, was during our hallelujah. And now it's time for our speaker. We are fortunate enough to have a different speaker each Sunday of the month. This morning, once again, we're having licensed unity teacher, Marion Jones, deliver an inspiring message for us. Take it away, Marion. Thank you, Johnny, and thank you for your memory of your friend. That's very important. We will discover the nature of our particular genius when we stop trying to conform to our own or to other people's models. Learn to be ourselves and allow our natural channel to open. Shakti Gawain said that. I'm kick-starting my talk with that quote because it's about learning to be ourselves and learning to trust in our divine nature, knowing we can lean on the power within for all things. Julia Cameron says in her book, The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. It's actually in week three, Recovering a Sense of Power. Answered prayers are scary. They imply responsibility. You ask for it. Now that you've got it, what are you going to do? Answered prayers deliver us back to our own hand, and this can be highly uncomfortable. She says, anyone honest will tell you that possibility is far more frightening than impossibility, that freedom is far more terrifying than any prison. If we do, in fact, 
have to deal with a force beyond ourselves that involves itself in our lives, then we may have to move into action on those previously impossible dreams. She says, life is what we make it. Whether we conceive of an inner God force or an other outer God, it doesn't matter. Relying on that force does. And then she talks about the words of Jesus. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And she goes on to say, she believes Jesus used this method as a scientific method. And I thought, wow, the artist's way is mirroring the very process we use in unity that Myrtle and Charles, exactly how they proved their spiritual beliefs. She says the ask is putting our desire out there. And in the receiving, record the results. And as we do that, we increase our faith and we increase our trust on our divine nature, our divine self, our God within. So you've heard Unity talk about prove the truth you are experimenting with. So us metaphysicians, we're spiritual scientists. And we rely on, on experimentation because our beliefs are useless unless they do bear fruit. We know certain beliefs can be useless to us if we don't really, um, if we don't really, really trust them. Or certain beliefs can actually cause harm if they're false beliefs. So Neil Douglas Klotz, in his book, The Hidden Gospel, and this is a wonderful book, Decoding the Spiritual Message of the Aramaic Jesus. He also talks about this same, these same words of Jesus. He says, when we consciously commit ourselves to a goal, we make a spiritual statement. We are leaving space for the one to speak to us through the course of our meditation or endeavor. The way we ask makes a difference. And so he says, this is made clear in Jesus's words, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. All three words that ask us to exert ourselves, ask, seek, knock. In Aramaic, these words reflect a sense of creating space with sincere intensity. Now, all the results of these efforts are given, find, and opened. And Aramaic emphasizes the processes of nature that happen easily, such as a loving action, or a natural response to something that has already happened. When I think of, of this statement, the results of these efforts emphasizes the processes of nature that happen easily, such as a loving action or a natural response to something that has already happened. I think about, well, yes, when I plant a seed, a bulb, a flower ball, a tulip responds in response to my action. When I ask, when I dare to ask for something, when I dare to ask questions, a response, a natural response will occur. Perhaps you can think of your own examples of ways that you've asked. And then perhaps you've recorded the results for yourself. 
So we are after the truth, are we not, as truth students? And we also disprove the error messages. The more we prove the truth, the error messages are disproved and discarded. We're proving that there is an ever-present source of all that is, a benevolence active that we can trust and that we can trust to respond to our every thought, our word, all the steps we take, all the efforts we make, our actions. So this source is everywhere present, you know, and that can be a really difficult concept for our brain, our human brain to grasp, this source being everywhere present in every moment. But there are ways, though, to break through our human our human limitation and understanding that concept. And we can find that through art, through meditation. And perhaps you have ways that you rely on in order to break through and realize the oneness that you can trust. So I wanna remind you that it's always the beginning step that makes the magic happen. It makes the difference in your life. It's that faith-filled affirmative ask or knock or seek that sets into motion a principle that Carl Jung dubbed synchronicity. He defines synchronicity as a fortuitous intermeshing of events. Julia Cameron gives us some examples of folks that when they acknowledge their dream, they set into motion this intermeshing of events. A woman admits to a buried dream of acting. At dinner the next night, she sits beside a man who teaches beginning actors. A writer acknowledges a dream to go to film school. A single exploratory phone call puts him in touch with a professor who knows and admires his work and promises him that the last available slot is now his. A woman is thinking about going back to school and opens her mail to find a letter requesting her application from the very school she was thinking of attending. And so, and so on it goes. And then I invite you now to think of the synchronicities that have shown up throughout your creative pursuits, your ask, when you put your desires out there, what happened? Do you remember some really stunning examples of synchronicity that you've experienced? Bring them to your mind. It's a way you can encourage yourself to keep going and expand. And if, it, if, if something does pop into your head, I recommend that you jot it down. If you have a paper and a pen with you, definitely write these things down. And last month, I talked about being a beginner, choosing to get into a beginner's mode of operation all the time. A sure way to do this is to commit to learning. Learn something new. Try something you're interested in but may have been fearful to try. So what spark of creativity within you is asking to be fanned into a flame? And if nothing comes to you at this time, it doesn't mean there is nothing for you to learn. You may need to do a little digging or just a little sitting with it. So I did provide a handout to Tom and if you have access to these handouts now, I'm going to um, just go through them. Here it is right here. And it's from The Artist's Way. And for those on Zoom, also, I'm going to um, just read through them. And you can just jot down um, the question that appeals to you. So list five hobbies that sound fun or list five classes that sound fun 
list five things you would personally never do that sound fun. List five skills that would be fun to have. List five things you enjoy doing. You can start just thinking about these things. What are five things you just enjoy doing? List five silly things you would like to try once. So see if you can get your hands on the handout that I sent. Um, and anybody can email me and I can send you a copy. And this is your homework for this week. Julia Cameron says, it is her experience that the intelligent and responsive universe is acting and reacting in our interests. She's learned as a rule of thumb, never to ask if you can do something, instead say you are doing it. Then fasten your seatbelt, the most remarkable things happen. So as part of the ask and you will receive scientific method, Julia suggests writing exercise. The first and foremost is the morning pages. So morning pages are three pages of stream of consciousness writing to get our, our thinking, um, all that stinky thinking, our doubts, our false beliefs. They're written first thing in the morning and they're just, it's a mind dump. It's just get the stuff out of our heads that don't serve us and then also writing about things that we want and things that we desire and things we are asking for. So once on the page, we can face whatever it is that we don't want in our heads anymore and then the things that we do want in our heads. So writing those three pages every morning can uncover false beliefs such as I didn't know I had a belief in scarcity or, or we might think, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was still holding a grudge, you know, and we can do a lot of letting go and releasing a lot of cleansing of our soul. And then to fill the void created by this release, we can take a step into the ask, into the desire and see what happens when we act in faith, daring to believe in goodwill and abundance. So Julia also has another suggestion for us. She says, in the evening, write down what you would like guidance with. <clears throat> and then in the morning, As you're writing your morning pages, let your guidance kick in and answer that question. So I did this when I, when I was actually preparing for this talk. I was like, okay, in the evening I wrote, I want some guidance with this talk that I'm giving. And so I asked for that. And in the morning, as I was writing my pages, I remembered I had a dream and I thought, wow, actually, as I started thinking about this dream, I was like, this is a powerful healing dream. So I'm going to tell you about this dream. I was um, scheduled to give a three minute talk at a speech contest in a town about two hours away from my home. And it was the day before, and I was realizing that I had been, you know, I need to get on that, find out the details. I, I realized I was procrastinating and, <clears throat> and I was being kind of loosey-goosey about the whole thing. And I, um, I needed to get to my room and I needed to look for the details of contact person, the exact address, the exact time of this contest, where I needed to be, who I needed to talk to. 
And I thought, where did I put that information anyway that, that was sent to me? I got to find where I put that. So I went to my room and there's all these people in my room. There's, there's these women and there's a guy and there's a sales lady in there making a pitch to this guy, a sales pitch. And I'm like, you know, what are all these people doing in my room? <laughs> and I'm, before I could start focusing on, on my, the details that I needed to dig up to find the, the important papers that I had was, wasn't sure where they were. I needed to clear these people out of my room. And I said, you know, these, this, this salesperson was making a pitch to the guy and she was upselling him. He'd already purchased something from her and she was upselling. And the women that were in my room were like criticizing her because she was, they, they felt that, you know, she was greedy that, and so they were judging her for like making an upsell, like, look, you've made your sale, just go. And I, and, and I made, I took a stand. I said, you know, an upsell is an important part of the the business model of a sales, um, what a salesperson does. Like if you want, if you really want to finish the job, you need to like upsell that last thing. Um, she's doing her job, like don't judge her. And so I made my, my perspective known. And then um, as these people all settled down in my room, they didn't leave, but they all settled down once I had spoke my perspective. And then I went to the shelving um, where I had my important papers and I, I started looking for them, going through everything, organizing myself. And I found something else that was important to me that I'll go, oh, here is the thing that I was looking for um, at another time. And so, you know, sometimes you do that when you're looking for important papers, you find other stuff that you need. And I, uh, I found that and I thought, okay, I'm on the right track. And so what I found was um, that dream. And then I woke up. And, and what I realized was, um, Hold on a second. I got to find my spot here. Um, what I found was um, that even though um, I'm not perfectly organized, still in my um, in 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 my life with with the things that I want to do and the dreams that I'm making happen, um, even though I'm still not perfectly organized, I'm getting the job done, and I really believe that from um, me asserting my truth with the voices in my head. And that's what those people in my room represented to me, the voices in my head. I needed to assert the truth as I believed and trust that, um, trust myself. And then everything did calm down. And I, and I knew I was on the right track that I was going to make that goal happen of that speech contest. I was going to rock it. And I felt back on focus. So the dream was telling me to focus on what it was that was important to me, let go of the voices that interfere and, and stay on track. And you know, one must be bold. One must know one is worthy of the ask and receive. And in, in the end, it doesn't matter so much where we start, is that we start. So holiness is about wholeness. When we allow something to be sacred for us, to remind us of the ultimate mystery, 
that something can take us to everything. And so as we get into this process of asking, seeking, knocking, and inviting mystery to respond with giving and manifesting and opening the way before us, she says it's important to be really gentle. Like the dream revealed to me to stay focused and stay on point and stay gentle with myself. Um, easy accomplishes it. She promises that doing the practice of writing every morning and doing one kind thing for yourself every day, that you will begin to notice a lightness of heart. So practice being kind to yourself in small, concrete ways. Look at your refrigerator. Are you feeding yourself nicely? Do you have socks? An extra set of sheets? What about a new house plant? A thermos for the long drive to work? Allow yourself to pitch out some of your old, ragged clothes. You don't have to keep everything. The expression, God helps those, who help themselves can take on a new and different meaning, where in the past it translated, God only helps those who earn help. It will now come to signify the amazing number of small free gifts the creator showers on those who are helping themselves to a little bounty. If you will do one nice thing a day for yourself, God will do two more. So be alert for support and encouragement from unexpected quarters. Practice saying yes to these gifts, these offers of kindness. Try to acquire the habit of checking in with yourself several times a day. Just take a beat and ask yourself, how are you feeling? I'm taking some training for prayer chaplain and the homework that I was given was checking in multiple times a day with myself and remembering my oneness with God and just feeling that so that any sense of separation that might have occurred in between prayers will dissolve and I'll be reconnected. So when you check in with yourself, listen to how you are feeling and listen to your answer. And if you're doing something very hard, promise yourself a break and a treat afterward. So it's important to be kind, to baby ourselves as we're doing hard things, to treat ourselves with gentleness. Gentleness releases, accomplishes the releasing, the healing, the courage required for the daring that you do when you ask, when you take control. Being committed to creating habits and hobbies that make your life more wonderful requires that gentle approach. Just as we would be gentle with a child, learning a new habit, a new hobby. We are children of God after all. And remembering this brings us a renewed attitude of humility. This humbleness allows us to keep going, to not give up. Re remembering that we're, we're just learning. We don't know everything. And we keep encouraging ourselves with that gentleness of a divine parent with a divine child. By holding lightly to an attitude of gentle exploration, we can begin to lean into creative expansion. By replacing no way with maybe, we open the door to mystery and to magic. This newly positive attitude is the beginning of trust. And if you are doing this work, a thought of self-doubt raises up in your subconscious. I would take Julia Cameron's advice to not take the first thing. 
Isn't that fabulous? When insecurity, self-loathing, or other self-induced suffering threaten your peace, indeed, don't take the first think. Sit with it, let it go, and take the second thing, which is your God self, reminding yourself of your true self. Something that Audrey taught me that she does that you might like as well is she keeps a pride journal. And, and I like this, this too. I've been doing this. And what that means is writing down something that you're proud about each day. Today, I'm proud of myself because I did this. So that goes along with gratitude journaling, pride journaling. What are you proud about yourself? What have you done that you're really, really rejoicing about and proud? So let's take these ideas into meditation. And as I begin the meditation, I'm going to share with you Lowell Fillmore's words, the answer. This is, this is his prayer. When for a purpose, I have prayed and prayed and prayed until my words seemed worn and bare with arduous use. And I had knocked and asked and knocked and asked again. And all my fervor and persistence brought no hope. I paused to give my weary brain a rest and seized my anxious human cry. In that still moment, after self had tried and tried and failed, there came a glorious vision of God's power. And lo, my prayer was answered in that hour. So just taking a deep breath, breathing in peace, and breathing out peace. We connect with source ever present. We align with our creator. our co-creator, and we offer all the deepest desires of our heart to that mystery within. And we ask the question that is on our hearts. Go ahead, ask, ask right now. And let your body just relax and be available for the response. And let us just drop into the silence for a couple of minutes.
and coming back into this space and time, realizing our, our oneness, refreshed, renewed, trusting our truth, emboldened as never before. We give thanks. We relax into our gratitude and say thank you. Thank you, thank you. Amen, and so it is. Johnny? Thank you, Mary. And now it's time for our offering. Johnny, microphone on. Oh, maybe I should turn this one down here. That'll work. Okay, now it's time for offering. While we together spiritually, let's try it again. While we are together in spirit, physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by Mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation page on our website, unityofcentralia.net. Thank you, Tom. As we hold our offering in our hands and hearts, let's say our offering prayer together. <laughs> Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Now it's time for our blessing of thanks. Let's all say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Okay, now it's time for our healing prayer. The members of our community have asked that if we send out healing prayers and energy to the people of our communities while living without a home. And as always, I'd like to send out our collective healing energy to everyone be affected by the wars out there in our world. And a big shout out to the trench kitties and the war dogs who are keeping the Ukrainian soldiers comforted in their trenches. Now, if you'd like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, raise your hand, unmute if you're on Zoom, shout it out, tell us who it is, or just hold them quietly in your heart. John, right here. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. This time for the prayer of protection, let's all say the prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. 
The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. And I'd like to take a moment to thank all of you who made our Sunday service possible. Isaac, I want to thank you for being so patient with all of us boring grown-ups. I really wish we had a, a children's program here so you could escape. But thank you very much, okay? And if you're interested in serving, please speak to Susan during fellowship about volunteering to be a reader. You know, she needs one for the third Sunday next week, next month. Also, please join us next Sunday when our own beloved Eileen Selleck will be our speaker. And finally, please stay with us after service if you wish to share our fellowship time downstairs. Now it's time for this peace song. Let's form a circle, join hands in the center and on Zoom land and sing our song of peace.